0: Good morning, and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast.
1: I'm Harold Herring, and that's my fine wife, Belle. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! A um, right.
0: marvelous morning. Yes, it is. Time to get up, get going. It's going to be week. a great
1: week for that's you. That's right, and for us. Yes. Today we're going to talk about being close to the anointing is not enough. Yesterday we received the second call we had in the past week with people concerned about the sons of mighty men of God who were elevated to their father's position in ministry. Without going into detail about those conversations, let me simply say that being close to the anointing by position of birth is not enough. I was stirred as I thought about Elisha and Gehazi. It started me thinking about how a person can be close to the anointing, hearing God's principles taught on a daily basis watching it manifest time after time, but not be used by God for anything significant. Being around the anointing will not make you anointed.
0: Although I do see a lot of these great, you know, preachers teaching and training their sons or daughters to take the position. So it's not really everybody, truly not everybody for sure.
1: Being around the anointed, well, <laughs> that's not going to necessarily make your spiritual life in balance. Be kind of like eating McDonald's every day will not make you a Big Mac. His eye is unique in biblical history. He got to serve and travel with a man of God who manifested greater signs and wonders than to probably anybody you've ever met, heard, or seen. Gehazi observed Elisha prophesy in a womb that had been closed. He brought life back to a child that had died, healing a leper, protection to the nation of Israel, frankly, miracle after miracle. Gehazi was a networker. He had discovered what the Shunammite woman wanted and the deepest, deepest desire of her heart. Chances are she spent some time talking with him Otherwise, Gehazi would not known her situation so well. Let's go to 2 Kings 12 through 15.
0: In 2 Kings 4, 12 through 15, it says, And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all of this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldst thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What then would, then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood at the door. And the woman conceived and bare a son, that season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. But later on, as her son grew, he became sick and died. And it says in verse 21, she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. Now, if you're not as familiar with the, which we are very much for with this Old Testament passage, she had built a house or a little room up above her room. She was obviously married to a wealthy man who had great fields and was very prosperous. And every time Elisha came by, he was able to stay there. So she had done for him, and he had then turned around and done for her. But she went up and laid her son on the bed, the man of God, and shut the door upon him and went out. The Shunammite woman went immediately to the man of God. Because as we skip down to verse from 21 to verse 30. It says, and then he, Elisha, said to Gehazi, Gird up your loins and take my staff in your hand and go lay my staff on the face of the child. If you meet any man, do not salute him. If he salutes you, do not answer him. Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff on the child's face. But the boy neither spoke nor heard. So he went back to meet Elisha and said to him, the child has not awakened. You know... Sin will hinder the flow of the anointing through us, even in the presence of God's anointed. Time after time, Gehazi witnessed the power of God manifested through Elisha's life, but it was not flowing through him because his heart wasn't right. If you follow that story, and we'll help you follow it. You know, there was a morning, one morning when Gehazi got up and to, as my husband always <laughs> loves to say in Second Kings 6. Can I say it? Sure.
1: He did up early to go get Krispy Kreme donuts and a copy of the USA Today newspaper for the prophet. And when he did, he saw with his natural eye what he perceived to be real trouble.
0: Have you ever felt that way? Like you see tough stuff that's going to be real trouble. Yeah. Where do you take it anyway?
1: Second Kings 6, 15 through 17. And, the, and when the servant of the man of God was risen early and going forth, behold, an host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us, hallelujah,
0: mm-hmm. are
1: more than they that be with
0: them. We need to remember to look yes, with, with we, the eyes of our spiritual enlightenment. That's it. In verse 17.
1: And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Hallelujah.
0: You know, once again, Elisha, excuse me, Gehazi witnesses Elisha's miracle manifestation, opening his eyes, because Elisha had an incredible relationship with him with the Lord. Gehazi's association with Elisha had brought him before, you know, King Jeroham to testify about his miracle that he'd witnessed at the prophet's hands. Because in 2 Kings 8, 4 and 5, 2 Kings 8, 4 and 5, it says, the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, tell me all about the great things Elisha has done. And as Gehazi was telling the king how Elisha had restored the dead to life, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life, appeared to the king for her house and land. For she had been, I will just digress and say she'd been gone because of the famine. She came back. And <clears throat> and Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elisha brought back to life.
1: You know, recognition for doing the things of God is dangerous without having a proper relationship with God. Fame, greed, and unethical accumulation of wealth sometimes comes at a great price. Elisha had been used by God to heal Naaman, the Syrian leader. That's it. But he refused a man wealthy man's gifts. But Gehazi's heart was revealed.
0: That's right in that matter.
1: Second Kings five twenty. Second Kings five twenty. <laughs> but Gehazi, the servant of Elisha the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared Naaman the Syrian in not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I'll run after him and take some somewhat of him. There's no question, as I knew this was wrong, because he said he would take somewhat of him. He didn't say, May Naaman give you something. And the known, as it says, the greed in his heart lied, led him to lie. Greed leads to covetousness which causes a person to lie.
0: And in 2 Kings five twenty-one through 24, it says, So Gehazi followed after Naaman, and when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master has sent me, saying, Behold, even now there comes to me from the Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray, a talent of silver and two changes of garment.'" And Naaman said, "Be content. Take two talents." And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags, with two changes of garment, and laid them upon two of his servants, and they bare them before him. And when he came to the the Cow. tower, thank you, he took them from their hand, bestowed them bestowed them in his house, and he let the men go, and they departed. In verse 23, we see where Gehazi asked for one talent of silver, which is about 75 pounds, but instead Naaman gave him two talents for 150 pounds of silver, because he was so blessed by being, by being healed by the man of God.
1: Yeah, honey. Currently, silver is about 20 dollars an ounce. That means one pound of silver was roughly about 630 dollars. And the hundred and fifty pounds was over sixty thousand dollars. A bunch. <clears throat> it may have been well that it may well have been that Gaza was given more than is even mentioned in verse twenty-three. Because in verse twenty-six, look at what Elisha said to him. Wow. Second Kings five, twenty six, New Living Translation. But Elisha asked him, Don't you realize that I was there in spirit? When Naaman stepped down from his chariot to meet you? Mm-hmm. Is this the time to receive money and clothing? Olive groves and vineyards, sheep and cattle, male and female servants. The consequences of greed, covetousness, and lying was disastrous for Gehazi. Second so Kings five twenty-seven. Second so Kings five twenty-seven. You live in translation. Because you've done this, you and your descendants will suffer Naaman's leprosy. Forever. Wow. When Gehazi left the room, he was covered with leprosy. His skin was white as snow. We just want you to know that having a position of honor and respect in a local church or ministry does not make you immune from attacks of the enemy. In fact, that, more times than not, makes you a bigger target. That's it. Being the child of anointed preacher or teacher doesn't protect you from the tricks, traps, and snares. Of the devil, but the Word of God will never grow comfortable in who you are and who you serve, or where you are in the Lord. The enemy is waiting and wanting to cause you to fail to run you ineffective for the kingdom of God, because he's a liar, in fact, the father of lies, and the truth is not in it.
0: Mm. We would be wise and need to be wise to those tactics and praise God. That we're more than conquerors, because we can definitely learn a lesson from Gehazi. Everything we do, God sees everything we do. Actually, the proverb that I read this morning said that even if you're, it's better to be honest and it, lead to poverty than to be dishonest and live in wealth. The truth of the matter is, is when God takes you, he will not leave you behind something that, something we need to learn. We we never need need to get comfortable in our spiritual walk with the Lord, nor take the anointing for granted. We should be absorbing what the the Lord is doing and be willing to do what God has asked us to do.
1: And remember who we're doing, (laughs) what we do for.
0: That's it. That's the key.
1: Well, until tomorrow morning at 830 Eastern, God bless you. Happy trails. And
0: keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God.
1: We love you. We appreciate you. Bye-bye.